welcome back after i don't know how long like over a month i think it's been november since we released a podcast well here we are steve are you happy to be back i am on yeah you're right i think it's been like a month and a half i want to say we stopped just before the world cup and then um yeah obviously we there was nothing to to talk about during that period and then christmas happened and then we went on a very nice skiing holiday which meant then that we weren't really plugged in in terms of like fpl or football at all it kind of felt like i was in a completely different planet if i'm honest it was a, a nice little break um did you enjoy the world cup steve I did. Like, obviously, everyone can talk about the the things that need to be talked about in terms of like the human rights and building the stadiums and all that kind of stuff. I think I even saw recently enough that a a, a lot of the stewards who stewarded the World Cup uh, didn't get the pay that they were promised when they were protesting. And like, it's just there's a lot of stuff in the background. But I mean, on but the, the pitch. Yeah, exactly. I suppose on the pitch, it probably couldn't have been gone better, which in a way makes me feel mad because I wanted them to have a bad World Cup and in a way they probably had one of the best ever. Uh, they got the the storyline they wanted in terms of Messi bringing his team to glory and probably cementing his place as one of, if not the greatest footballer of all time. And uh, we got that classic, classic picture of Emilio Martinez treating the Golden Glove like it's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I did get to see his reaction to to winning it. And, uh, yeah, he's one of the shining lights of the World Cup. Uh, one, one last bit on it before we move on to other topics. But um, what, one point that was made to me was that um, all these issues that were raised about uh, Qatar and human rights and the rest of it were trashed out at length on this podcast and on other forums. And if the World Cup was in, for example, France, they wouldn't. So that, interestingly, that might be a reason why it was a good thing that the World Cup was in Qatar. But I wonder, is, is, that, is that a wrong take to have, or, or what would you think? Um, I can understand the argument that's being made in that by having the World Cup there, it highlights the need for the advancement in human rights. But I think that almost as soon as the world cup kicked off and the first round of fixtures were done everyone stopped talking about that sort of stuff and i think if you talk to if you talk to any of the people who live there or some of the people like for example i listened to a podcast where one he was like one of the first lgbtq plus people to leave the country for fear of persecution uh said that he'd almost feared how bad it would be after the world cup left and after everyone stopped paying attention that they would almost ramp up um, the persecution get back of them. to normality and, and yeah, and, uh, exactly. Them, forget about that, lads. This is not uh, so, this is not the norm. You know, and then to to just finish on that, like Qatar or not Qatar, sorry, Saudi Arabia now are putting together a bid for twenty thirty, and I just think after what Qatar was like and. You know, they've got Messi now as an ambassador till 2030. Ronaldo, they've just signed to Al Nasser and as an ambassador role until 2030. They're going to make a really hard push for it. And who knows, they might get it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just yeah. I just wouldn't want to see it. Not, not me personally. Like, I get that Like you saw Morocco go and become the furthest that any African side has ever made it in a World Cup. They got to the semifinals. They played great football, fair play. Uh, it's just not for me, no. Yeah, there's probably happier topics I, I could uh, direct us towards. <laughs> what, I, what I will point no, out. No, I is to, the, to be the, fair, own I I took you you. It was a good topic. I just took us down this road, so I do yeah, apologize. But, but like, I felt like it was important enough. But to to talk about the football just for two seconds, like it was great football. I mean, you had some very iconic moments. You had the last minute free kick from the Netherlands against Argentina to force it to extra time. You had Messi in the like seemingly willing his team to the to the World Cup in yeah. the end. You had an Mbappe, Mbappe scoring a, Mbappe scoring a hat trick in the final, like the 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 win for Saudi Arabia over Argentina in the opening game. I already mentioned Morocco getting to the semi final. There was like loads of stuff that was positive on the pitch. Off the pitch not so good. But what I will say for for the Moroccans is that at least in Eindhoven they were tremendous fun. They were, I mean, for some people loud and obnoxious, but for me, uh, I I really enjoyed the 
you, you could really see the sense of community that football was creating for them. Uh, obviously, yeah. all of them in a foreign country as well. And it was a nice just to spectate, spectate that. Um, at least they didn't go didn't go ham like they did in Belgium. Um, no. But yeah, uh, oh, that was nice to see uh, and uh, really something that the World Cup can, can bring to a community. And um, that's not even just World Cup. It's like sport itself. Like there's there's something I love about it that's just different to anything else in the world and its ability to unite people and like bring everyone together for a common cause. And like... I don't know, just to, just, I know I wasn't even conscious at the time, but just to think back of like Ireland in the 90s, like Italia 90, and we got to the quarterfinals and basically the entire country shut down to watch the match because like that was just, you had to, like, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's, and they're having that moment themselves. And I think that's just, I think that's just amazing. I think that's brilliant. And that's something that sport does that I think very few other things can do. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're right. Um, it, it it makes me think that, that Ireland really is a soccer nation. But uh, sport is a great thing, and when you assign virtual points to things that people do in real life and try and count those points <laughs> uh, online and compare your points to other people's, sounds a bit fucking ridiculous. That it was is it something that you'd take part in, Steve? Uh, I don't know, and the way you made it sound there makes it sound fairly silly now. What about you? Do you think you would take part in that? Um, uh, certainly not something I'd, I'd dedicate um, hours and hours of my week to. But, or something uh, that you would talk about that you would then release to the public for everyone to listen to. No, no, for fear of embarrassment, that wouldn't be me. No. Uh, we have had three weeks of three to four weeks of of premier league since we last recorded uh, and i'll i'll be honest i barely noticed <laughs> it going by <laughs> yeah you know, like i mentioned we were we were out skiing um on the 20, from the 27th uh, over the new year and yeah it was like we were in a completely different world uh and it just you know it's like that it's like that cliche it gave you a chance to get away from it all and just like reassess and kind of like you know refocus yourself before you before you you kick back on and go back into reality into the into the harsh uh world and uh yeah it was just a really nice time got to meet some very nice people and uh yeah like you know i, I learned you know something on i learned like a kind of new perspective on things and that's like the kind of the psychology of the players you know and like what we look at on a screen and then like how they actually are as humans and uh Jesus, that's a reference Stephen, to this that <laughs> that's a reference to lorraine Kenhedi, who i know listens to only like the first five minutes of this podcast and i was trying uh, to figure a way to shoehorn in a reference and i didn't manage it until just now she'll have long turned off steve i'm uh, I know. sure of that <laughs> i know i had yeah. to try though i had to try i said i would and i did a, f- a fantastic holiday and uh, and a break that I'm not sure I needed, to be honest. I feel a little bit like it's derailed <laughs> my season. I feel a bit like, uh, well, I, I had, in my own little way, derailed my season through, uh, I, I think back to the Arsenal Man City blank and, and picking up James Madison and these things are still still fairly raw still piss me off <laughs> but um <laughs> you uh do you do that thing that i do every now and then where you think back to an embarrassing moment in your life and then just sort of like twitch or just kind of like have like a, a very angry reaction for like a split second and then you kind of go no i'm okay um I, well for christmas it tended to be um, tur- <laughs> turning to the, the the glass of aperol spritz or baileys or beer or whiskey or or anything else that, that that might have been there for me, and uh, I'm surprised usually, the whiskey was so far down on that list. On it's usually yeah. very up, it's so very high. Well, we usually would be, but you know, I, I was very experimental this Christmas, uh, so uh, <laughs> really you, expanded you, my horizons. Did you try any new drinks that you were particularly fond of? Anything new that I was particularly fond of? No. Nobody likes change. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did I try anything? New? I don't really think I did try anything new. I think I just made cocktails at home. And uh, yeah, I mean, we had the taps. The taps were exciting. Having your own bar in the house was very interesting and very challenging <laughs> in its own way because 
oftentimes 10 o'clock in the evening would come and I'd realize I'm after having five pints of Heineken that were absolutely <laughs> delicious, but there was no need. Um, no, there's no need, but the, but you have to anyway, it's Christmas like. I was sure I couldn't sleep knowing that there was, there was drink in the house that was potentially mm-hmm. going stale. So that was my cross to bear this Christmas. Yeah. Um, but after all that long break and drink and crack, I am currently one millionth in the world out of 11 million fantasy footballers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bad team. In, For example, I have like the Patterson from Everton, who's, whose first name we'll never find out. I have an injured <laughs> Ivan Tony. I have. Is it Nathan? <laughs> Is it Nathan Patterson? I don't. I still I th- I don't think know. We, I think we decided on Ryan was uh, was okay. Oh yeah, it we could very well Ryan. be Ryan. Um, yeah. For now, it'll be Ryan. I've him, Nico Williams, and injured Ivan Tony, and the most embarrassing of all, I have Darwin Nunez. Oh, which is I suppose, why is did it you just, say Darwin like he was Welsh? Yeah, uh, because I was thinking of Garwin Price. It is just Darwin, oh. isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if uh, if Nunez played with the uh, the ear protectors that Gerwin did, would he play any better? Those were the funniest pictures from Christmas. <laughs> I know, Those yeah. were absolutely spectacular. I mean, all he needed was a screw fix sticker along the side of it for it to be a full like, yeah. I mean, uh, I won't. I will. I like. Oh, Jesus Christ, that was absolutely hilarious. And they didn't look anyways in place. They did look like a building site pair of earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they looked like someone It was their first time on a building site. That's what it looked like. I, I saw a suggestion there that for darts, they shouldn't announce who's actually playing and then just let them come out on stage to their own music like the WWE, which I think would be fairly fucking hilarious. That would be pretty funny, because they do that anyway, pretty much. Like, they all have their own unique music, so, you know. Yeah, you just you just you know who it's going to be. And they should bring lads out of retirement and stuff like that. <laughs> like the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Or, I suppose or, they'd have an easier time of it. Like, imagine trying to get, like, a 70-year-old to come out of retirement in the WWE and, like, pile-drive someone through a steel chair. Like, uh, it would be a bit easier <laughs> I don't think in the darts. Would... Yeah, would a bit you... easier. How would you do a Royal Rumble? Uh, in darts, yeah. Oof. Uh, would it be like? Would it be some sort of kind of like losers or uh, winner stays on scenario, and you just kind of release the next darts player, and then it kind of goes like that? I think you need something like four darts being thrown at a time. Oh wow! <laughs> and then like, just... <laughs> didn't mean <laughs> to blow your mind there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if they all had different colour flights, then you could tell the difference. But I mean, Jesus, your man's throat would be absolutely worn out from trying to read out four scores at once. So, I, 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 I want us to address the fantasy footballers who are like me uh, and feel like their season has might have been going okay, might have been going poorly, and then also has been derailed by the Christmas shenanigans and find themselves in a position they don't like with a team they're not particularly fond of. So I mean, uh, like, not... you just describing Chelsea. Uh, then I'm describing my fantasy football team above anything else, Steve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, if I had enough, if if money could solve what's wrong with my fantasy football team, uh, then maybe I'd be comparable to Chelsea. But <laughs> money can't solve their problems, own. I will eventually. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you worry, you little head. Uh, I mean, like, that might have solved our problem in the past, but with this new owner, I don't know if it's going to be the exact same. But we'll see. <coughs> we'll see. 10 million on Joe Felix for six months kind of feels a bit familiar, but... Yeah. Oh, we'll who see. did you do that for before? Higuain. Was it like Ah, uh, was yeah. Higuain. I fucking knew it. We actually yeah. signed Higuain. Yeah, but later, afterwards, I think, wasn't it? Um, I think we had him for six months, and then like he left again that summer. I don't think we had him for that long. Yeah. Um, wow, strange times. 
very uh, strange times and at the same time familiar times because it kind of feels like it's coming to come a full circle like i was thinking i was just as a tangent i was thinking about it on the way home from work one day and like chelsea are basically like arsenal like five years ago except they've just spent more money on the players like the squad is a complete mishmash of like fucking anyone and everyone like obamiang shite like, I don't know why you signed Sterling. I don't know why you signed this new guy, Badi Ashiel from Monaco, for $35 million on an eight-year contract when you've already got, like, fucking six centre-backs. Malang Sarr is still there. Not that anybody actually knows. There's, like... You, you, Armando Brogia gets injured, so you sign Datro uh, Fafana from Molda, who we had a half an hour conversation about whether he was the brother of Wesley or not. <laughs> like, it, it just seems like it's it just seems all over the shop, man. It's just and uh, it's just it's just um, mad. Yeah, I mean, you, well, what's clear to see is is the new ownership. So Todd Bowley today just stepped down as director of football, and oh. the new the new system is in. Yeah. Um, and I presume they're back in Graham Potter somehow, but I don't think Graham Potter's really the answer either. Well, you can see they're, they're I, I'm not sure why the marquee signings are made, maybe just to appease the fans like the Koulibaly's, Sterling's, Aubameyang's, etc. And then change the manager. But now it, now it looks like they've said, okay, actually signing all those savage players was a waste of time and they're just signing under 23s. Uh, maybe starting with Chuck Wilmette. But they don't. But they have an under twenty three academy that's produced loads of good players. They don't even need to really do that that much. Like they could just pull from the academy they already have. Like I saw your man Hall play it against City, and he was probably one of the most comfortable players on the ball of anyone in the team. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say there's there's there seems to have been a move from let's build a win now team to let's build a win in a few years team. No, I That's don't what think it, what it seems well, to it'll me. be interesting to see how Chelsea fans adjust to that mentality because typically it's been sack the manager, get a new manager in, win a trophy, and then sack the manager, get a new manager in, win a trophy. And it's been rinse and repeat. And it's worked in fairness to you, but I mean, he built up massive debt, which obviously Abramovich kind of looked after. But now that you're under new ownership, that's not really going to be the case anymore. But anyway... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's it's new management. It won't, it, you'd imagine it'll be some bit different to the Abramovich era, but at the moment it kind of just feels like more of the same. The fans yeah. are calling for Potter's head. I mean, they're, they're ah, already, well, that's, that, that already expected after the poor looking for Tuchel to come back. And speaking but, uh, of poor results, on after twenty minutes, will we kind of get on to talk about our teams a little bit? Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I know you don't want to, but I do. Uh, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I don't want when, to. You can't make me. <laughs> the last game week was game week sixteen. Is that right? Or was it game uh, week seventeen? No. We're in game week nineteen at the moment. And, and but before Christmas, I'm wondering. Oh yeah, yeah, sixteen. Uh, yeah, it was because then I then I got Darwin because Jesus is injured. So we come back after a break, and how did you get on, Steve? I got I got a 68, which was quite poor for the week that it was. Yeah, the average was 72. I did really well, so I made about, like, 18 transfers <laughs> over the course of the break, and I did really well. I got 105. Um, so my team consists of uh, Kepa, Trippier, Ben White, Diego Dallo, and Kyle Walker. Uh, I have Bueno from Wolves on my bench. I have De Bruyne, Rashford, Saka, Martinelli, Andres Pereira on my bench. And then I have a front three of Mitrovic, Haaland and Kane, which has done pretty well, um, all things considered. So, yeah, I've had a strong I've had a strong week 17, strong enough week 18, and I'm doing okay in 19. I'm staying above the average every time, which is about as much as you can ask for, really. Yeah, it's been not been so nice for me. I got a 68, a 60... And this week I'm on 39, four points below the average, and I'm going to fall further. Um, With the extra game between Chelsea and Fulham. Yeah, exactly. So that's not fun. (laughs) No, Uh, no. And some of the moves you decided to make probably weren't the best. I see you brought in Darwin, Nunes, and... uh, that's That's seemingly it. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, on the morning after the World Cup, I went to make five more moves, um, but the site crashed. 
Uh, I did leave it too late, but yeah, the site crashed there with about three to four minutes to go. No, you you tried to do it on the 26th. The World Cup ended like the week before. Yeah, you know, no, I'm saying uh, I did it the, on, at the last possible second. Oh, yeah, and, uh, sorry. And yeah, I'm, bla- yeah, yeah. I'm blaming the site for crashing, not my timing. But you got the transfers through, but they just didn't uh, go into the starting lineup the way you wanted. Oh, well, yeah, you're right about that. It didn't look like they went through. And then they did, uh, Almer, I remember because Almer, I remember Almeron we talked about it at the time. Bench. Almeron's yeah, yeah, on my yeah. bench with eight points there, yeah. Oof. Because I, I, I think I was something similar. I think I... No, no, I didn't. I actually set my team properly. So I'll be making use of the double transfer that I do have to get rid of Darwin, probably Patterson, maybe Nico Williams... I'll be checking on Ivan Tony's fitness. We'll discuss that later in the pod when we talk about our teams for next week. Um, will we talk about the football that we've just had, Steve? Starting on the second of January. This is a long feckin' game week. Won't be <laughs> over on won't be over until Thursday, the twelfth of January. Chelsea face Fulham in the cottage. What you call Fulham's uh, ground? Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage. I feel like I've asked the that Fulham before. Are called the cottag- Fulham are called the Cottagers, I think. Do you think they make cheese? I sure hope so. I sure hope it's uh, cottage <laughs> cheese. So, a um, few games with a lot of goals here. Brentford beating Liverpool 3-1, probably the upset of the weekend. Uh, Lampard's <laughs> job looks in jeopardy. They lost to Brighton 4-1. Uh, Southampton will be disappointed with that 1-0 against Nottingham. Chelsea, as per, lost to Man City 1-0. Uh, were you pleased with the draw against Newcastle, Steve, in that nil-all draw? I can't be too mad about it because I think Newcastle, I think, statistically are the, the best defense in the league. Um, we definitely had a couple of chances. I think the the foul by Dan Byrne on Gabriel from the corner was probably a penalty. I don't know why VAR like, didn't take a closer look at it, but... That's that's the way football goes sometimes. Uh, probably a fair result overall. I mean, look, we can't be expected, uh, be expecting ourselves to go out and win every game. But I think as long as you don't really lose too many, I think you're okay. Like Newcastle are, you, are, are you vying Sorlin? for top four. Sorry, I let you finish that one. No, that was it. I was just going to say Newcastle yep. are vying for top four. So they're 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 good opposition. Uh, yeah, no, Newcastle are almost the informed team in the league right now but uh, are you sorely missing Jesus? No not at the moment anyway because I think Nketiah has done a really good job so far I think until surprisingly. the game yeah well surprisingly for some but I think he's he usually whenever he plays he kind of gets a goal it's not always the nicest goal like I remember last season when he came in around this period and we played Chelsea and Stamford Bridge he kind of had a goal, a goal where he like uh, intercepted a back pass and rounded the keeper and scored. And it's it's not always the nicest goal where he like you know on the volley or um, runs in behind, but he he gets a goal and a goal's a goal at the end of the day. Like before this game, he had scored in each of his last two Premier League appearances. He didn't score in this one, obviously, but then they had the game against Oxford in the cup uh, last night, and he managed to get two goals there. So, you know, he he he's scoring, which is more than. You can say for Jesus before his injury, who hadn't scored in about eight or nine games, but I think it's what he adds overall to the team that's that's really important. And I think Inketi is doing a, a good bit of that, just maybe not as well. Yeah, there was a general acceptance that Jesus's contribution didn't come in the form of goals, but it, it was certainly evident when uh, Arsenal were on the pitch. Tottenham put four past Palace and kept a clean sheet which will come as a surprise to many. Did you get eyes on that one, Steve? I did, yeah. Like, again, um, Spurs very poor in the first half. Palace arguably probably could have been ahead, given the chances that were in the game. But the way Spurs have played all season is terrible first half, better second half. And I think once they went into the game at halftime at 0-0, I think they were happy enough because... Conte seems to kind of always figure out how the opposition are playing and what they need to do to improve in the second half and approved it here. Uh, Kane with a, a brace and I think he's now only one goal behind uh, Jimmy Greaves uh, to overtake him as Spurs all-time top scorer and he's still only like, what, 29? Um, so that's impressive enough. Uh, Perisic got an assist. I think Doherty got a goal and yeah, like 
Palace just kind of capitulated in the second half. I think after that first goal went in, they kind of drained the life out of them. They kind of tried in vain to kind of put up a fight after that, but never really much after that, really. So, Steve, you're you're a Kane owner. I am. Uh, Spurs face Arsenal City, Fulham City in the league. Then they play Leicester and there's European football and all the rest of it. Um, So two City fixtures, Arsenal and Fulham. Uh, It's going to be a tough four game weeks with a cup game in the middle of it. It will, but at the same time, um, so Harry Kane loves the goal against Arsenal. He's scored the most goals in a North London derby of any other player. He, and then City, City are a weird one. Like I remember last season, um, Spurs played City really well, and I think they won both their games against City. And if not, they won and won one, drew one anyway. But I think they won both games against City in the league. So they kind of have a decent enough record against them now. Whether that'll stand given their poor form at the moment, it'll be remain to be seen. But I think they're kind of getting Kulusevski back and maybe one uh, Basuma back, and I think they're kind of getting a, a couple more injured players back healthy. So hopefully they'll be. Well, not hopefully. They they look like they'll be a bit better by around that time. But um yeah, like Conte is just a top class manager, so he'll he'll no doubt try his hardest to, to scheme something up. Yeah, it'll it'll come as a big surprise to me, really, if if, if Spurs get a few results out of those four games, um, because it would be it would, they would be bucking the curve. But uh yeah, let's let's see how they get on. Uh, is there any other highlights from the week that you wanted to point out? I mean, Liverpool's defense is shite. That's that was known. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, you kind of said it like already. Like Liverpool in their f- couple of games before this had kind of looked lucky enough to get the wins, and Brentford just absolutely played them off the park. They didn't really look at the races at all. Um, Everton, meanwhile, looked like they're in another relegation scrap. And you do wonder with Lampard if he's going to be able to turn it around. They had another okay and okay enough performance against United in the cup, but they still lost. You wonder where the goals are going to come from. Um, other than that, not a whole lot else to be honest. Like you know, West Ham continuing to show middling form, a two-two draw against Leeds, where you, they probably would have fancied themselves to maybe get the win there, given Leeds poor form, and. Yeah, like, I mean, Chelsea get lost to Man City and they play Fulham now in what feels like a must-win game just to get a bit of confidence in the team. But I think they they played in the last seven games. I don't think they've scored a goal on. Um, yeah, Chelsea's form is atrociously bad at the moment. You're saying they haven't scored in seven games? I hadn't looked at it um, from in that uh, lens. Um, but, geez, it is fucking bad. I mean, like, they beat Bournemouth and then they drew with Nottingham, but... It's fairly fucking atrocious. Uh, it kind of feels like uh, the World Cup has come and gone, and it's as you were uh, with, with almost all these teams. I mean, Jesus has gone from Arsenal. That's a big loss, but Nketiah, for now, is is filling in. Um, is he someone you'd consider in your fantasy football team, actually? Uh, depends. Like, what's his price? Let me just check real quick because he might not be a bad alternative because there's not many strikers out there, and he is going to he, definitely he start is, games. He is a proposed waiver in my draft team. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know in draft, yeah. Well, drafts even yeah. drafts even tougher if you'd believe it. But um, let me have a look here real quick. Arsenal forwards uh, six and a half. Ketia. I mean, six and a half is is hard to argue with. Especially with the distinct lack of forwards in this game. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, it's you know, you could, you could definitely get them in there. I mean, like, let's have a look at their fixtures now. So they obviously have Spurs, then they have United, Everton, Brentford, Man City, and then Villa, Leicester, and then kind of goes into March, and they have a really nice run of games. But that's probably when you're thinking Jesus might be back. But, you know, Eddie's probably going to continue to start those games until Jesus is back fully excuse me fully fit yeah it, it might be in my interest to drop Darwin get in Ketia spend some money on a Ivan Tony upgrade or something like that I shall uh, I shall have a browse um, so one game left in the week as we mentioned Fulham versus Chelsea um, probably some people with Kepa some people with Mitrovic uh, like yourself Steve um, 
that's all that's left in game week 19. Is that right? Was that game week 19? Halfway point yeah, of the yeah. season? We have 50%. Uh, yeah. 50% of the league gone. Yeah, we're there now, yeah. I mean, obviously, we didn't play week seven, so that all those fixtures still have to be played. But um, yeah, As she yeah, would have wanted. As, as the Queen would have demanded, yes. Yeah. So, uh, if it's okay with you, Steve, we might take a look at game week 20. I mean, I don't have much of a say in the matter. No, you do not. Um, this is an interesting week, maybe mostly because of the Manchester Derby. Should be a decent game, especially with Man United coming into it in red-hot form, as far as their standards go. Liverpool will play <laughs> yeah. Brighton. Uh, absolutely need to get a win there after their pitiful performance against Brentford. A um, few not very exciting games. Wolves and West Ham will decide who's the victor in that one. It's a double game week, of course. Palace and Man, Man United will play, and City take on Tottenham. So a chance to get some points on the double game weeks there. Uh, is there an opportunity for points somewhere here, Steve, that you're going to take advantage of? Um, in, it's hard to see. Like, I don't really envisage myself making many changes to the team. Like, you know, I have a United defender who I might potentially start because of the double game week. And then I also have Haaland, who I'm probably going to start in captain in the double game week. I don't think I triple captain him though, because it seems like they're two pretty tough fixtures for a double game week for him. Although I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like Spurs again. Like I, I have Kane, so I'll be starting him. Yeah, like you know, it, it feels like I feel like I'm stating the obvious here, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's been a it's been a tough year for picking up points around the league. Like they're there before Christmas. People had Almiron, uh, Zaha, and Madison. Um, yeah. There were some points out of Trippier, the Newcastle defence, and they're feck all points elsewhere around the league. You know, like your Watkins at Villa is doing nothing. There's no Leeds points to be got. Yeah, you're not like, touching Everton. Brighton, of no. course, had their have their spells. Should we be Should we be thinking about Brighton? Are we Are we uh, missing a, I, a beat? I don't know. I don't know. Like, does Zerbi play some nice football and they're scoring more goals, definitely. But it feels like it's a spread amongst the team, so it feels like it's very hard to pin down any one particular player to bring in. I also think they're also probably not as defensively solid at the back. I feel like they concede probably at least a goal. So it's hard. It's hard with Brighton. Like, you know, you're you're tempted to say Trossard or Pascal Gross, but, I mean, you know, when, let me have a look at Trossard here. I'll just call uh, out their scoring uh, record there uh, while you're looking uh, at that. He, he, last, in their last... The, last, the, last, the last return he had was in game week 15, you know? Ooh, it's a long time ago. I mean, they they got five in the cup there, and then in the league, four, two, three, two, one, three, four. There's, there's points there, but I mean, like, are you actually picking up Pascal Gross or Trosser or... <laughs> What else is there? Certainly not Welbeck. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, pa- Pascal Gross at the moment is is what is he five point six? So you you really bringing him in as a, as a fifth or an expensive fifth or a fourth? Like you know, you're and you'd I, much I rather have Almer on. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Or you'd rather have Prayer on your bench and be able to have players like Rashford or Martinelli. Who I'm, or even Odegaard, like now, who's the second highest scoring midfielder in the game and is at six point seven. So, you know, there's there's definitely other players. Other options. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. We'll 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 kind of talk about the fixtures as we go down through the questions for this week. Uh. What problems are people having? What are what are we going to do? Uh, the first one you have here, Steve, relates to Manchester City fullbacks. If they even fucking play them, are a total nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen since the break that Pep has been fond of this guy Rico Lewis, the academy player, and then the also playing. <laughs> so no, you have to tell me. I just told you his name. I don't know anything else about the lad. Is he related uh, to Gold Palmer? <laughs> Who? Um... They've been playing Nathan Ake as a left back then, and then Ruben Diaz has been injured and Laporte's been injured, so it's kind of been Stones and Akanji, and it's kind of been a bit mishmash. Laporte played in the 4 0 win over um over Chelsea uh in the Premier League game 
Walker and Cancelo started we were both ripped off at half time uh, for for Rico Lewis and uh, I think it was Nathan Ake or someone so there's even, just a, there's a, even a Gomez here who plays games oh yeah that's it the, uh, Sergio Gomez plays signed from Anderlecht I forgot about him entirely so th- there's just there's just so many rotation options there at the moment. It's almost impossible to to pick the starting eleven. You used to say Joao Cancelo was at least nailed on every time, and Walker was going to play once he got back from injury. But neither has been the case since the break has ended. I mean, everyone has Nick Pope, and you don't really suggest getting rid of Nick Pope. But is is the solution just to not have any City defenders? If you are going to have one, have Ederson. But even then, just have Nick Pope. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. If you look at the defenders, top-scoring defenders in the league so far, like, of the, what, three, six, eight, of the eight defenders, three are Newcastle, three are Arsenal, and one is Joao Cancelo. So usually you'd see at least two City defenders in there, which tells you that they're really like, I mean, like, I'm scrolling down the list here. Where's Where's the next nearest City player? Stones. On 45 points. John Stone's on 45 points. Like, do you know, I mean, it's just, it's it's mad. Like, Trippier's on 124. <laughs> do you know, he's, he's less than half. You know, it's just the rotation is just Get crazy. Rid. It's, Get rid, Stephen. Probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to hold on to Walker because I can afford to. I have Ben White, Diogo Dallo, Kieran Trippier, so I can start a pretty decent back three, usually, and I can afford to play him or not. So... I'll be waiting to see if they uh, Pep kind of reverts back to normality, which is a bit unlikely. <laughs> why, why would you ever put yourself through that torture? <laughs> I know, Owen, but I do it every week. Uh, uh, um, so apparently some people still have Chelsea players on their team. Um, in my uh, head, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they might have Cucurea. Some people had faith in Sterling there at, at, at yeah. around the 10 to 10 and a half million price tag. Um very few others that you would actually have been holding on to. Maybe some mount people, some strange individuals. I, would, I imagine would have had him. there. I imagine there's going to be some mount people, and I imagine there might be some Kukurea because of his price. But I mean, even Kyle, like Kukurea is five point two, Kyle Walker's four point eight. I don't know how you can make the. I mean, you can probably make the argument that he at least he starts. But I mean, like they're they're just so injury ravaged, like. Mendy's injured, Chilwell's injured, James is injured, Fafana's injured. You could make a Chelsea starting eleven of injured players, and they'd probably be better than what they currently have available to them right now. You know, yeah, I, don't, I think, I, I think I even Aubameyang and Sterling and the whole. There's shebang. no assets. There's no assets worth worth picking up at Chelsea for me. Havertz isn't a forward. Aubameyang's well past it. Uh, maybe this guy Fafana, Dat Datro Fafana, can do something. We'll have to wait and see. Like Ziyech doesn't look impressive. I know he had a great World Cup at Morocco, but it's a completely different setup and a completely different style of play. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because Mount is only so young in his career, but it really feels like the, a lot of the weight is on his shoulders to carry that team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's consistently the best player on the pitch when he when he is playing, um, even when he's out of position. But uh, no, I certainly, I certainly won't be picking up any Chelsea players myself. Uh, and I think if if you have them, you need to take a look in the mirror and ask yourself uh, how 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 has this gotten so so far? You're like the meme point at point at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, next one refers to the misfiring Liverpool striker Darwin Nunez. Um, mm-hmm. His XG is unbelievable. That's great. So is Che Adams, and Southampton are nearly in relegation zone territory. But uh, it's great for Darwin that uh, that he's uh, doing so well. <laughs> like he's on fifty-two points, and to compare that to Haaland's one hundred and forty-four, or Kane's one hundred and twenty-seven, or Tony's one hundred, or Mitrovic's eighty-one, like it's just not. It's just been not been going in the net for him. Like he's got five goals and and three assists so far in the season. But, I mean, when you consider the money that they paid for him, they were probably expecting a little bit more of a finished product. I am leaning towards him in saying that it is a new league, a new system, and all that kind of crack, and he is very young in his career. I get it. I'm not trying to bash him like everyone else is, making these compilations on TikTok or whatever. But 
I I don't you you can't have him in your starting team. Like you you just can't. He's too much of a liability. It's a, it's it's actually interesting to look at his minutes. Like his his minutes to goals con, uh, ratio must still be very very good, but the on field performances are absolutely fucking atrocious. And and it's not like um it's not like we can say. Uh, you kind of play yourself into form, like we've we've seen players like Werner and and maybe even Lukaku and a, a few others get these opportunities, and it it never clicks for them and it never starts fucking going in. So um, I I I don't think uh, I don't think the future is is bright. So if you are going to be dropping the eight point nine costing Darwin. Uh, and moving up the board to someone who scores a few more goals, who might you be going for? We we already discussed Inketia, who's a very viable option. Um, but maybe people can upgrade to Kane, who should probably be in their teams already. Yeah, probably should be in the teams already. Him and Haaland are the, by far the, the two best forwards in the league. But, I mean, you could also downgrade to someone like Ivan Tony if you could afford to have him on the bench for a couple of weeks until he gets back fully fit. Um, Callum Wilson isn't a bad option Newcastle obviously going pretty well at the moment they have some nice fixtures Fulham, Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth and then it kind of gets a bit tougher they play Liverpool, Brighton and City um, but you know like Isaac played in the cup midweek, uh, didn't look great they lost that game so you'd fancy Callum Wilson is still going to stay on as a starter for at least the next little while anyway Yeah he's he's Mr. Consistent, isn't he, when he's not injured? He's, exactly, he's just yeah. gen- generally a good pick. And then there's, like, fuck all else to go for. There really is, like, you're... <laughs> there really, really nothing like there's it. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing. Like, you're, 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 are you taking a punt on Martial with with, Rona- no. with Ronaldo gone and potentially the legend Wout Weghorst in the door? Um. You know, you've got like Vardy and Daka constantly swapping, so you're never sure. Uh, Ings and Watkins, no. Imbuemo, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't score enough. It, uh, Adams, it goes goes back to the goes back to the point we were making about like, is there any other points around the league? And there really, isn't. Yeah, like it's very hard to differentiate or be any different this season. Like. Yeah. Like last season, at least, there was someone like a Jared Bowen who was kind of like came out of nowhere, had like a really good season, did pretty well. I'm, I know after a while, most people had him in their team, but at least he was kind of like a, a, a difference maker in some people's teams. But at this year, especially with the forward position, it feels like if you don't have Kane and Haaland in your team, like what are you even at? Who are you trying to fool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, that's the Darwin Nunez topic discussed. Um, and so who has a purple patch coming up? Uh, easy fixtures. Have, have, have you got the fixture E schedule I do. at hand, Steve? If you don't, I'll, I'll pop one up. No, I do. I have it here. Give me one yep. second. So technically Leeds have the easiest schedule of anyone over the next, let's say, six game weeks. And then it goes into Man City, who... Obviously, given their stature, probably have a would be easy anyway. But they've got a, like Wolves, Villa, uh, Forest, Bournemouth, and then in between that you've got. But you do have tough games like Arsenal, Spurs, United, then Southampton, but, who will be hoping to pick up some points. But there's no real assets there. Um, United are an interesting one. They obviously have a tough couple of weeks mm. in terms of playing. Uh, City and then Arsenal but then after that gets much easier they have Palace Leeds Leicester and Brentford so you know they'd, you'd fancy them to pick up big points there maybe clean sheets as well potentially uh, Arsenal after they play Spurs play United and then Everton Brentford Aston Villa Lee, uh, Leicester and then Brentford themselves uh, Bournemouth Leeds Southampton Palace among their their fixtures so you know, there's there's definitely mm. players there. Like, I mean, let's see who has some of the toughest. I mean, I'm scrolling towards the bottom here. Palace, Leicester, Everton, Chelsea. You know, <clears throat> Spurs aren't too Stay far. Stay away. Yeah, like, you know, but they're, they're, they're teams you're not really looking at players from anyway. Like, you know, if you have Zaha in that te- in, in your team, I think you're looking to, to dump them. I would be anyway. Um, yeah. And then, like, we've already talked about Chelsea. 
Absolutely. So then uh, you will be tripling up on Man City if you aren't already. Uh, what is the Man City triple up of choice? Um, so my my three uh, City players are Haaland, De Bruyne and Walker. Uh, De Bruyne at the moment I am hesitating over. I'm wondering do I downgrade him to someone like a Foden and then use that money to spend elsewhere, maybe upgrade Kepa to Pope, let's say, for example. But at the moment I'm I'm kind of happy enough like De Bruyne is I know how world class he is so I think once he kind of gets a bit of form I think I'll 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 regret getting rid of him yeah I have the exact same triple up at the moment and I uh, this season in particular De Bruyne has been he's been good to me uh, I'm just looking at, at the Man City form chart. Apparently, Mares is the most informed midfielder. Yeah. And Stones in the defence. But it's actually tough. I mean, if I was to advise someone to get a triple up, I think I'd be saying Ederson, Haaland. Mm. And then I'd be uncomfortable recommending a midfielder at the moment. I'd be. I suppose I'd probably just say leave it at De Bruyne if you have to have it. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's expensive, and you're waiting for him to come back into form, which he will do. Let's be fair. Yeah, and to be fair to De Bruyne, like I'm just looking here, he's got 96 points. He's 10 points off Almiron as the top scorer in the league, and we're saying he isn't even really playing that well lately. So, you know, it just shows you how how good he can be when he does hit form. So you've told us the teams that have the easy run. I I, I was kind of interested in Brentford there. I might take a look around their team. But um, would you be taking a minus four to get these guys in? Is it? Is it? There's a few doubles coming up. There's a bit going on. Is is it worth it? I think it depends on how happy you are with your team. Like I know you're not very happy with it, and I think for you, like the minus four probably makes sense in terms of like even if you pick a player right and that has a double game week and they don't do anything, it's still four points. Like you've still kind of made the four points back. Like you know, that's kind of my thinking on it. So I definitely think that if you're thinking about whether or not the four minus four point hit is worth it, it, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. If you are picking up those doublers and and if they do go on to start in those teams, uh, especially if you have dead ducks there, like looking here at Wilfred Zaha, thinking maybe it's his time. <laughs> they get an assist against Bournemouth. But yeah, they do have that awful run coming up, so it's time to time to offload. And last question is uh, relating to signings. Uh, Datro Fofana was playing for Chelsea. Uh, are you keeping an eye on the January signings? I can't say that I am. Uh, there's not been many of them, but it's very early in the window. You know, there's still a, a two-thirds of the month left. Um, Obviously, Cody Gakpo is probably going to be the most interesting one to see how he fits into that team now because he's probably going to be playing on the left with Luis Diaz and uh, Diogo Dallo, uh, not Diogo Dallo, Diogo Jota, sorry, injured. Um, and then after that, like, you know, there's just, it's just kind of, you know, rumours really at this stage, like Mudrick might be a potentially interesting option if Arsenal sign him and... Um, you know, it's just uh, really I, I'm kind of thinking in terms of forwards, like who who could who could be coming in to the league that would potentially be an Welsh. interesting forward. <laughs> not not where we name where we first. Yeah, so I I don't know. It's just Chelsea, of course, uh, did make the signing of Nkunku, but that's a, a summer arrival. Like for example, now Chelsea do sign Joe Felix. Like that's that's a potentially interesting signing to me like just in terms of him potentially being a, a difference maker but I mean I imagine that the price that he's going to come in at is going to price a lot of people out of him you know if he comes in around 9 million I don't think there's anyone that's going to decide to to drop Kane or Haaland for him or move around their team in order to bring him in No I, I don't think you need to be a first mover on that one I, I don't think he's any more exciting than Havertz or even Raheem Sterling coming into the Chelsea side so I don't see why he would be that much better but uh, who am I to doubt Todd Bowley <laughs> the wonders um, yeah that's that's uh, all the football related questions um, anything else you wanted to touch on anything you're doing with your team or any no to be honest now, I'm topics. fairly happy with my team the only 
thing I was contemplating was potentially if I decided to replace De Bruyne with someone like Foden and then that would give me enough room in terms of money to maybe upgrade uh, Kepa to Pope. That's the only one I'd be considering at the moment, but for the moment I'm kind of happy enough. Yeah, nice few changes coming into my team, I'd say. I think. Oh, I can imagine. I think Dar- <laughs> yeah, Darwin has to go. Zaha, I'll try to get rid of. Then I have two non-playing defenders are doing Fekal, Patterson and Williams. And De Bruyne is there. As you said yourself, you kind of could get a bit of cash into the team. If I got rid of De Bruyne, I could upgrade to Kane and up for, up front. I have Almiron in the side, so I don't even need another midfielder. So it's, yeah, there's probably a minus four on its way there. But uh, something nice. So, I mean, it, it feels like a kind of a Christmas dinner conversation. Your your peaks and pits of, of, of the season so far, <laughs> oh, your highlights you and lowlights. Like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that does, that is something that Lorraine Cahidi would say. <laughs> um, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, halfway through the season, to be fair. Uh, well, next week we will be. And even then we won't because we've game week seven to play. Mm. Lord rest our soul. <laughs> the use your words, you, your words, not mine. Mm. You uh, you hit the ton, Stephen. You did get a one hundred five. I did in uh, week seventeen, first week back. I was very surprised. Yeah, it was a high scoring week. It was the average was seventy two that week, but I still managed to hit one hundred five and get inside the top one twenty k. So that's been my best finish of the season so far, which I was very surprised about, but it was also very needed because I was I was dropping like a stone uh, every week. So that brought me back inside the top 1 million, which I think was kind of my target for the season. So happy enough at the moment and just trying to, trying to keep that form going, you know? You got uh, a 37-point differential on me that week. That was a, a poor return after the Christmas break for me, especially with... Uh... Almiron sitting on the bench with his eight pointer. Uh, my highest so far has been 86. That came in game week five. I, I did get off to a belter of a start this season, but it's been a gentle downhill slope since, <laughs> which uh, it's been a green slope, is what I'll call it, in terms of in, in skiing terms. There's no handbrake. Uh, there's no handbrake on a set of skis. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, ah, look, I'm. I'm I, very much, you know, if you think if you're around the million mark, you can, you know, two, three good game weeks can have you competitive again. You know, it depends what your goals are at the end of the day. Yeah. But I'd like to see uh, a nice few more. I'd like to see if I can get more than half green arrows between this and the end of the season. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. Be, That's it. Progress. Yeah. Progress. If you're seeing progress every time, you're so, happy enough. Yeah. 10, 10 or 11 green arrows between this and the end of the season. That'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see how it goes. Anyway, let's get on to the, the part that people really want to talk about is, is how badly <laughs> we've done and how shit we are. Uh, something they're well aware of. I'm very surprised to see that, that your lowest score this season is 49. Yeah. I would, thought, uh, would have thought you had a few worse weeks than I, that. I know. I'm surprised as well. Like I went through it and like I went through every game week and checked, but like that was my mm. lowest game rank. So... I don't know. <laughs> What's interesting is after my highest week ever for myself of 86, I went on to have, in ga- oh, game week five, sorry, I went on to have my worst week this season. I, I yeah, got a 35. I only just put that together. That's crazy. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the average score that week being 45, and then I got a 35. Pretty poor. Uh, we've gone on to bigger and better things since. <laughs> my game week rank that week was 8,600. Couldn't be much worse. No, considering there's only 11 million people in the playing the game and probably, I'd say, at least 2 million of them had stopped after, like, the first four weeks. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, I think, that, like, over 1 million of those players joined since I got this result. So <laughs> that's uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, so I think, Steve, I'm going to do the bankers and outside picks and call it at that. We have an hour of uh, recording so far. How, how does that sound? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, considering the... It's probably a bit less once you consider the breaks, but, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I won't say number one. We've, they've heard us say that one before. <laughs> but number two... Number two is so much more interesting, Steve. What's number two? Number two is Harry Kane, because, like I mentioned before, he is the player who scored the most goals in a North London derby of any player. 
and he just loves a goal against Arsenal. I know their second game is against Man City and it's much tougher, but you'd still fancy him to probably do something in that game. And like I said, they do play, play City tight and that's kind of why he's the number two pick. And Kane, the uh, one that's just occurred to me that might challenge him for that spot would, might be Kev. Kev, of course, plays in the Manchester Derby and then goes and plays Spurs at home. Yeah, it could be, this could be his return to form. You are holding him for these two weeks, I think. Yeah, I am, uh, and yeah. it could be, it could be. I just didn't want to put two City players in this in this list. That's kind of why I decided mm. to, to, to diversify my bonds. <laughs> very diverse, very <laughs> Netflix of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then Marcus comes in at number three. Uh, Man United play in the Derby, and then of course they play Crystal Palace, who just got trashed four nil by Spurs. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So they just got trashed I by think, Spurs four uh, nil and lost to Southampton in the FA Cup. So they're not having a good run of it. No, Vieira won't be pleased. Uh, yeah, Rashford one of the informed forwards in the league at the moment mm-hmm. I don't have his record up in front of me right now are you familiar with it Steve? Uh, I can get it for you just give me two seconds here I was hoping you'd vamp a little bit better while I look this up yeah, uh, so, yeah he, he scored, he scored in, in his last in his last three game weeks so he scored in game weeks 17, 18 and 19 and I think he scored in the cup as well so he's a penalty so four in his last four he's in about as good as form of a stri- as a striker if you, as you can want just needed to forget about those kids and move on <laughs> yeah stop thinking of the hungry oh. children Rat Marcus yeah. kick the ball that could be a move for me now because he is, he is still at that cheap price point of he's less than seven I think he's, he's exactly seven is he, is he seven yeah. now I think he's 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 a buy you will that's a buy uh, yeah outside picks were hard to come by this week yeah a little bit you know we mentioned that there's the shag all points around the leagues we got I, I went for a Demary Gray yeah you went way outside sexy the box. little finish <laughs> yeah his finish was inside the box against Man City but it was still very very nice and they play Southampton who I'm not a fan of so Demary Gray for a blank because I've called him out <laughs> there you go yeah I've gone for Calla Wilson probably a little bit more predictable in terms of like outside picks but I don't think many people would have him most people probably would have either had Mitrovic or like some sort of combination of Haaland and Kane or or Ivan Tony. so I've gone for Callum Wilson because I think Newcastle even after the loss in the FA Cup they're still playing well and um, I fancy them to, to get a result in this game I think that's a good shout I think um, it'd be interesting to see how himself and Isaac um, pair and uh, fight for minutes and that. But uh, I think I think that could be a decent shout for a few points this week, Steve. So that is podcast number seventeen of the twenty two twenty three Premier League season for us, Steve. What did you think of it? I'm glad to be back. It was uh, I, it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> it was a long break. Um, Very long. A lot of football, and a lot of drink and a lot of skiing, but, you know, we're back, we're in the seats, and uh, nice to be set up and thinking about fantasy football again. Yeah, it is, it is nice to be back to back to normality a bit, and the, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and mostly lows of fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a World Cup, we laughed, we cried, we did all the usuals. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think we got over it pretty well, uh, hopefully... Not hopefully. Next week we will be more informed and we'll have more uh, live knowledge of the, the football that's in front of us. Well, so. one of us will. You. I'm already well informed. Mm, we'll let the listener decide. Ah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, listener. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that using our socials. That is Twitter at the FPL Jingle. We have our website, fpljingle.com. And Discord would be handy because we have Discord on our phones and we can just see the messages uh, that'll be mentioned in the podcast description, which you can see on Spotify or any of your favorite podcast selling shops. Uh, It's going to be a a goodbye for me. I'll see you later. And Steve. Bye now, everyone. Bye.